This is Brian Bailey, Chief Marketing and Experience Officer with Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to Inclusivity and Beyond, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Hello, good evening, happy Friday. Congrats to everyone who made it through the week. Um, Keep on trucking for those of you who this is still your Monday or however that lines for you. Um, This is Metro Inclusive Health's first podcast. Uh, (laughs) Inclusivity and beyond. Um, I like that. That was good. You've got a friend in me. Just a Toy Story spinoff now. A queer. I don't hold the rest of that song. Do we got to paraphrase? I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, This is the first of uh, our intentions of having many, many more fun, inclusive conversations geared towards health and wellness. We are so happy that everyone joined us today. We have a lot to cover. Today's topic, we really wanted to focus on love and sex. In the age of the coronavirus and what that means and what does this landscape mean and what does it mean going forward? So many questions. So let's start off with introducing the team that's going to be here for the next hour with you. Uh, starting with myself, I am Christian. Uh, I've been with Metro for 11 years now. Um, my pronouns are he, him, his. Uh, I do identify as a gay male. Um, I am not gold star, so take that as you wish. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, currently, I am the lead navigator or the program lead for our prep program at Metro. And we will get into a lot of what that means and where that's going a little bit later. But uh, I started off actually as reception, moved into operations, moved into um, what we call the sexual health team. Um, We were prevention back then. And then I moved into the clinic aspect of PrEP. So I've seen a lot of things in the last 11 years here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, But yeah, that's a little bit about me. So I'll throw it over to Hannah because you are the biggest one on my screen right now. So (laughs) <laughs> wow, I'm honored to be the biggest one here. <laughs> hey, y'all. Um, I'm Hannah. I use they, them, theirs, or she, her, hers pronouns. I am an LGBTQ program specialist at Metro Inclusive Health. I've been here for about a year now. So Metro does a lot of uh, free community programs, which we are still doing during COVID-19. We've just moved everything virtual, which has been a fun new world to explore. But we offer quite a few programs a week for the trans community, for youth and young adults, for LGBTQ older adults, and then fun community programs like yoga, a queer theory discussion group, a gay and bi men's discussion group. We have kind of a little bit of something for everyone. So in my position, we mostly lead programs and events, but I love talking about pleasure and sex. Um, I do it professionally because Sex education is a really important component of community programming and making sure people have safe sexual practices. And part of that is destigmatizing it by talking about it. And then I talk about it in my personal life too. So I identify as a genderqueer, polyamorous, lesbian, 
kind of embody a lot of different things. Um, I love talking to my friends and partners about sex and exploring kink and talking about, especially now, how can we keep uh, having pleasurable experiences, no matter what that looks like for us now that we are physical distancing and being responsible. I'm super psyched that this is our first topic for the Metro podcast, and I can't wait to talk with y'all. Sweet. And my name is Pablo. Uh, I go by he, him, his pronouns. Um, and I'm a prevention sexual health specialist at Metro Inclusive Health. I've been here for about 10 months now, so I'm a baby, a wee bab. And uh, I started off as a volunteer. So I started back in February, and then I was hired in June. So it was a pretty cool experience. Uh, but what I do on the prevention sexual health team is I conduct a lot of outreach, uh, especially with um, STI HIV prevention. Uh, so you'll see us out in the community at like local bars and other places out in the community where we will be tabling and testing. You'll see the van driving around everywhere too. And we also host a lot of um, social events too. So every uh, other week we'll have a city mix group where we get together and we talk about things in regards to sexual health. So whether that is disclosure or talking about trauma, um, just other things that can um, affect sexual health. So it's a pretty fun job. I do love working here at Metro and I'm also really excited to get into this topic as well today. All right, so let's do it. Let's jump right in. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> Hugest thing that I've been hearing, um, being a part of the PrEP program, we, for their appointments, anyone who is on PrEP comes in on a quarterly basis, gets their blood drawn. Um, and we kind of do a little assessment on, you know, where they're, where they're lying in their sexual risk. Um, are there any other risk factors that are out there? Um, and the hugest thing that we're starting to hear is, well, I haven't been sexually active or, you know, my, my population of, uh, sexually active partners has diminished because apps like Grindr are kind of coming to a screeching halt. And I will not say that they are completely as much as we want to say that we're being adults about the situation, but we're going to be real in this thing, in this conversation. So I'm going to be real and saying that there's still quite a bit of hookup culture going on. Mm -hmm. um, so what does that mean during the COVID-19 when we're supposed to be social distancing? Well, have either of y'all been on the apps in the last few weeks? I actually haven't. Mm -hmm. I, haven't I wish any. I really could say I have, but I, this whole engagement... Yeah, I was about to say. I I knew that... A, a lot of my friends have been on the apps and they've been using that actually as like a form of making new connections. So it's interesting. I've been hearing a lot of dialogue around whether Grindr and Hinge and these apps should ethically stop providing services or whether it just shifts the role that they play. And I think I'm of the opinion that honestly, dating apps are one of the best ways we can continue to make connections. And there are so many different ways that we can use them that do not entail meeting up and having sex with someone or hooking up or going on dates in person. Um, mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends that have been going on FaceTime dates with people and uh, finding pen pals. So there's an app called Lex that's actually all text-based um, and you can post uh, things that you're looking for on there. So like I saw someone that was offering to send nudes to essential workers as a thank you for their service. Oh, <laughs> what is that now? How do you spell that? <laughs> -E highly recommend it. <clears throat> and actually one of my friends 
responded to an ad on there and now someone is painting their nudes as watercolors they're doing like an art exchange that's this sexy fun thing and i think that's such Uh a cool idea i think that reusing and repurposing dating apps to be a form of building community and staying flirty and involved while staying in your home or wherever you are physical distancing has some really cool potential wait what was the name of that again It's L-E-X. I will say it's mostly like queer women, trans folks, non-binary folks, but it's for everybody. And Lex is really fun. It goes like, it's lo-fi. Like there are no pictures. It's only text. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Something to do later, you know. (laughs) (laughs) To pass the time. (laughs) Yeah, because we're at home all day anyway, so. (laughs) That is very true. No, that is cool. I also agree with that statement too. I do think that with this entire... Uh, situation. It's kind of forcing people to get a little more creative with how they are connecting with other people. Uh, so I think it's cool that you shared that because um, I'm going to check it out later. So. <laughs> yeah, you should. And I mean, there are so many ways that you can use apps safely. And those include sex too, right? Like we have FaceTime capabilities. We have Instagram video. We have Zoom. We have so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are ways that you can engage with people virtually that do remain safe. You just, you gotta get creative now. So we're going back to the age of phone sex and video sex. Yes, and I, I yeah. can't stand mad about it. <laughs> it's been pretty fun. I mean, it's, it's like renting or uh, buying a car. You, you gotta see how it runs first before you, you know. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Take it for a test drive, a virtual yeah. test drive. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a 3D park tour. There you go, just like that. <laughs> Well, and there's the fact that Pornhub has made all their premium subscriptions free for people during this trying time. Yes, I truly applaud them for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I actually saw um, this report where I guess OnlyFans like accounts like went up in this past month, too. Uh, Because, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people had to stop working. So they have resorted to um, going to other methods to make their money, which I think is really cool, too. Yeah, and sex workers are having a change that they work as well, um, trying to find new safe practices to make some income, especially because sex workers are not always supported by the stimulus packages our governments are putting out. And so Mm -hmm. um, I think that those fans-only accounts, uh, I have a couple friends that have started using those and seeing what we can do virtually. Honestly, it's kind of cool to see how people are repurposing and starting these different things and getting into pornography for the first time for some people and getting into sexting for the first time it can be an exciting thing even though this is a really scary time y'all are so young (laughs) (laughs) i've been around this block for a while (laughs) they're done that bought the t-shirt all we had was sexting we had aol dial-up and it was age sex location and that. I, love, I mean, I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Christian, share your wisdom. Give us uh, yeah. advice for sexting. I need help. It, it's weird. It, it's honestly weird to to look at this because when, <laughs> way back when, um, even if you received a picture through the internet, like you literally had to wait for it pixel by pixel to load. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was grueling. Like you already were were pretty much finished jerking off by the time the first picture actually loaded. I was about to say, like, would it ever freeze at the part that you really wanted to see? Always. Every time. 
I mean, that's kind of like digital edge play, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was, yes. That's exactly a great way to play. <laughs> Maybe this is bringing back like the art of suspense and delayed gratification. Yes. Yeah. Delayed gratification. I think those are the words that we need to go with during this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I want to bring up this topic and I'm trying to in a manner that's not going to be preachy um, is actually those who are still continuing to hook up. Um, on the feeds that I have on my Facebook, I have a couple prep ones. I have a couple, you know, sexual uh, liberating type feeds. And there's a lot of, you know, screenshots from grinder conversations where people are saying, why don't you come over? And they're replying, well, because we're on lockdown. And why are you asking me to come over? Why aren't you social distancing? And I just, there's always going to be the rule breakers, but I'm, I'm wondering why, what is behind it that, that people aren't getting the gratification that they think or feel that they need through these social distancing aspects that we're talking about. So yesterday in our groups, um, at our positive impact group, we we're talking about like grinder and hookup culture and things like that. Um, and we kind of touched on the idea that for a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but for some people, um, a lot of these dating apps are a form of validation for them. So sometimes they may resort to these dating apps to kind of get that, you know, that nice rush or that dose of like, oh, like you're so hot, you're so sexy. And they can, you know, take that and run with it. Um, and I think they just need that even during this time too. Like some people just become dependent on that, that they just don't necessarily know how to let it go. Did y'all see um, the New York Health Department released those um, safe sex guidelines in the context of the coronavirus? I did not. They are super rad. So they're very sex positive and inclusive. And it talks about how you can get COVID. And then it talks about how to have sex with people in a safe way. The number one thing they say is you are your safest sex partner. So masturbation will not spread COVID-19, especially if you wash your hands and any sex toys with soap and water for at least 20 seconds before and after sex. So the safest thing you can possibly be doing is masturbating. And then the next safest partner is someone you live with. So having close contact, including sex, with only a small circle of people helps prevent spreading COVID-19. And um, you should avoid close contact with anyone outside your household And if you usually meet your sex partners online, consider taking a break from in-person dates. And then it also talks about how to safely have sex with your partners, even if you are cohabitating with them. If you're quarantining with someone who is your long-term sexual partner and you're continuing to have sex, there are safer ways that you can do that. Um, And so kissing can easily pass Mm COVID-19. So maybe just avoiding kissing in your sexual practices. Normally, I mean, I'm a huge fan of making out with someone. It's like, I think the most erogenous (laughs) part of sex, but you know, maybe part of that is teasing and holding back. Um, And then the other thing is that rimming also can spread COVID because the virus can uh, be in feces. And if feces are entering your mouth, then that can be a problem. And so making sure you're using protection, making sure you're using condoms, you're using dental dams, you're putting barriers between you and your partner, um, and then washing your hands and washing up really thoroughly before and after sex. There are ways that you can continue to engage sexually with the people that you're quarantining with that are safe. 
And then the other thing that I've been seeing and talking about with my friends is keeping each other accountable. So Christian, what you're saying about seeing people saying, God, I'm so horny right now. Or like, you know, there's this really cute guy on Grindr, this really hot girl on Hinge that wants to meet up, like check them, be like, yo, I get it. I am also struggling right now, but don't be stupid. Stay at home, like have a FaceTime date. Like there are other things you can do that will keep you safe, your community safe, those around you safe. But yeah, that is frustrating what you're saying that we're still seeing people breaking those rules. But the best we can do is just keep our keep our friends in check and mm-hmm. dispel myths around COVID and talk to people about what safe sex actually looks like. You had a really good point and I totally lost what it was. Um, <laughs> Podcasting is hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and keep uh, self-checking and keeping, keeping, uh, we are the best, uh, preventative. Uh, you said it more, far more eloquently than I will. Oh, I was reading from the New York Times. <laughs> New York Health thing. I will not take credit. You could have totally played that off. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that adopted me. <laughs> but I, I think it kind of really goes along the lines of regular maintenance of HIV care as well. Mm. I mean, it's, you know, you are your best prophylactic. So you are the best one to make the decision on, is the situation safe? Am I doing everything I can to keep myself safe? Um, I can't control what others do, um, which is one of the hugest things that I love to highlight during, during our prep intakes is, you know, especially when we get partners that come in who are in a monogamish relationship, um, or at least they assume that they're in a monogamous relationship. Um, you know, in the back of my head, obviously I'm never going to, to wave a finger at them, but like you're in my office trying to get prepped, but you're telling me you're in a monogamous relationship. There's something underlying that's going on there. It's a lack of trust somewhere and I have no problem with it. Um, and you know, and you never need to tell me, you can come see me for 10 years for prep and never tell me. And that's totally awesome. That's fine. But there's a reason why you're coming in here. I'm aware of it and I support it, but let's do this. But I think that um, really what that boils down to is that people need to understand that this is how you take care of yourself because you can love someone and you can trust someone and it is no representation on, a, on who they are as a person, but life happens, mistakes are made and you know you got to protect yourself. And I think this carries over very similar to that mentality. Mm-hmm. And Christian, what would you say to people that think that right now prep is not necessary? Like what if they think it's cool to get off prep or like, what's your advice around that as someone who's a prep navigator? Stay on it. Stay on it. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons to stay on it. Um, really it's about, for one, uh, I know Hannah, you had brought it up earlier uh, outside of this is maintaining habits. Um, during this time, there is so much that is being changed and altered and schedules are being rearranged and working from home. Find calm in maintaining your normal daily habits. I think that's the hugest thing that we can do to keep sanity uh, alive during this time. But on the grander scale, I mean, the reality of where, we're, where are we going to be in a couple months? Fingers crossed, this is going to start to blow over. 
And what's going to happen? Everyone's going to want to come into their clinic office to get a checkup. There's, you know, we're constantly rescheduling or canceling appointments right now, trying to get them over to telehealth. And there's just some things that can't be addressed through those avenues. And people are going to want to jump in line to get into a clinic when this all blows over. So someone who already has a prescription, if you just maintain it, it's so much easier to go through the process of having you know, technically it should only be one follow-up appointment. I, you know, unless this thing goes beyond three more months from here on out, um, which it can, but, you know, technically, you know, one appointment gets you three months of coverage and you're fine. Uh, and then we'll see you at the end of this when, when it, everything thaws out. Um, and you won't have to worry about getting restarted. I think that's the hugest point that we really need to focus on. If you stop prep, and, you, and something happens between the time you stopped prep and the time you want to start on it, by guidelines, we need to have an, an HIV test for you. So right now, Metro is doing the best that we can to um, work with patients in getting blood draws done at their local Quest or LabCorp with the understanding that some patients may not be comfortable leaving their house, and that's okay. It's not going to stop us from refilling their prescription so long as they just have a meeting, a virtual meeting with us. That's all we're asking for, really. Um, the blood work is always best for patient care. We will always continue to, to promote it, but these are weird times, so you know we're going to be a little bit more forgiving. If you stop the prep and then you want to get back on it when all this blows over, you're now going to be put in line with all of these people that are already trying to flood the clinic, trying to get in for their appointments. So it's just an ease and continuity of care that it's just easier to stay on it. Maintain your normal daily habits. Maintain your normal daily life as much as possible. To me, that's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. And how do the clients have like the virtual meetings with you guys in prep? So um, exciting news is is on the way. (laughs) Right now, their follow-up meetings are being handled by a phone call with the navigator. And if they need to meet with the physician, we're doing a video chat or a a telehealth uh, chat with them. Um, All said and done, again, it still should not last more than a half hour out of your day. Worst case scenario, a half hour. We are fingers crossed, and I don't know if I'm spilling the beans or not, but oh well. (laughs) We are getting an update to our system on Monday that's going to allow the navigators to also have the video conference. So um, they'll be able to access it through their computer or through their phone, if they have smartphone capabilities, and they just have a video conference, and we're just going to have a talk. We're going to go through the same assessment questions, and then at the end of it, I'm going to put the script through like normal. We'll send out the request to a LabCorp request for you if you are able to go get your blood drawn, and we will see you in three months. It's that easy. Ooh, exclusive. Y'all heard it here first, kids. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if, if you are thinking of starting prep, too, because when I think about 
when physical distancing ends, right? What is the first thing people are going to want to do? They're going to want to hook up with people. Like, I know that I'm going to be so psyched when this is over. And the first thing I'm going to be doing is finding a hot stranger, right? (laughs) I think I'm not the only one. And so if you want to start prep for the first time, if you're curious, if you want to have your questions answered, teleprep also includes those things. You can have those questions answered. You can get on it now and be smart about it. So then whenever this ends, because there is some uncertainty, that way you are not left hanging and you are wondering how you're going to protect yourself or um, scrambling to get in line, like Christian said. And we're all kind of, you know, a lot of us right now are at home. Some of us are working from home. Some of us um, lost our jobs because of COVID. Some of us are still working essential businesses, but you might have time in your schedule that you didn't have before to figure out aspects of your sexual health. And that's something you can take advantage because we're still here. Metro's still here. And just anyone who's listening, just so you know, when we're working from home, we don't have this phone thing figured out. So we're actually calling you with unlisted numbers. I apologize ahead of time. I know that's really weird. If I could ask you, please just pick up the phone. If it's not Metro, hang up. I don't care. <laughs> but we're always <laughs> here trying to get a hold of you. So. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I, my, I completely agree with you, Hannah, because my fiance lives across the state um, and he works in, in healthcare type setting as well. So both of us have been not only physically social distanced because we, we live apart, but we have to because we have to keep our patients and our um, residents in mind. So yeah, the first thing that when we get the clearance, it, it's going to be a full day in the bedroom. So <laughs> cannot wait. <laughs> I'll the next day. Go ahead and call out. <laughs> And I feel like when we're talking about some of the difficulties we're facing around physical distancing, I also want to say, because the topic of this is love and sex, right? But that does not really include everybody. And this conversation isn't just for people who are having sex, because touch starvation is real across the board. So touch starvation also affects asexual people as well. Although, of course, there are plenty of ace people who are having sex and who are masturbating. But for those who aren't or for those who don't want that... You should still should be mindful of checking in with your body and figuring out ways that you can bring pleasure back into your life because there's a lot of stress that comes with right what's going on right now. Like I know that I had to get back on antidepressants and part of that was because I was checking in with myself and I was not doing well. Some of my primary coping mechanisms are being around people and getting outside and You know, something that helps me is even being in an anonymous crowd because it takes the pressure off me. So I would love going out and hanging in downtown St. Pete. You can't do that now. And so checking in with yourself and seeing what your body needs, because not hugging friends is hard. Being touch starved is hard no matter who you are. Um, And some of those things you can do to practice self-care might not look like masturbating, although masturbating is an awesome tool. Um, It could also be showing your body love in other ways. So holding something soft and cuddly, figuring out ways that you can experience physical comfort. It looks different for everybody. Can you, um, Hannah, can you just kind of explain touch starvation just for anyone that's new to them? Yeah, for sure. So we, as human beings, um, I'll speak for me personally too. I need a lot of touch in order to feel good and to feel balanced. And across the board, most people, not all, but most people need a certain degree of touch in their lives. Um, and that doesn't have to look sexual. It doesn't have to look romantic. It could just be holding hands with a friend. It could be someone touching your shoulder when you're feeling sad. It's this inherently very comforting thing that we've lost access to. 
um, with physical distancing, unless you're cohabitating with people. But I know I live alone. Um, and so I'm lucky enough to have dogs, which have kind of combated that a lot and struggling a lot with my dogs. But touch starvation is for anybody that just feels like they are drained or feels like they are stressed and struggling because they are not getting that touch in their lives that shows that you are with other people. And we know that we still have community, right? We have virtual community programs going on still where you can meet new people, uh, where you can find a sense of support, especially if you are an LGBT person in an unsupportive household. I have a lot of friends that are now living with their parents because they had to, because they were put out of work or they had to move back home. And that can be so hard um, if your parents are homophobic or transphobic or you just can't safely be out to them. Um, and so finding those networks of support the best way that you can, even though they look different now, and finding ways that you can give yourself physical comfort in any way is totally tied to your own mental health and your own physical well-being as well. All right, we're going to check in. Pablo, are you uh, starving from not having any touch? <laughs> uh, me? Um, no, I'm actually really good. I'm pretty good with my touch here. I have my girlfriend here, so it's fine. <laughs> I got all the touch I need between me and her, so it's fine. <laughs> I miss our in-office in touching. Not to rub it in, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so lucky. <laughs> what about you, Christian? How are you doing? Let's do a wellness check. <laughs> my wellness check. Um, I have been, of course, I have my ferret, my little girl, so she has been extra cuddly. She's absolutely loving the fact that I'm working from home. Um, so she sleeps at a really good arm's length distance away. So I really can't touch her, but she knows I know she's there. And then I've been gardening, gardening like I, I never believed I could garden before. So um, getting my hands full of dirt has been wonderful. And it has calmed me on levels that I knew were there, but never really acknowledged until now. So... That's lovely. That sounds like a really good coping mechanism. All right. So we got our prep. We got our sex apps. Sex apps. <laughs> or lack of sex apps. Or lack of sex apps. <laughs> I'm so tempted to say, okay, boomer. <laughs> your kids and your sex apps. <laughs> your kids and your silly sex apps. Gay.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey i mean listen pen pals are coming back and if you want to like if you want to analog your sex apps if you want to write <laughs> do some calligraphy and send it across the country to someone i'm so here for that like a batman light into the clouds <laughs> <laughs> you know that's something we didn't really talk about actually is um that just made me think when we're thinking of things going across the country. I have been ordering some new sex toys. Hi. Uh-huh. Either of y'all fans of sex toys? Uh, absolutely. Huge fans. I will say, though, I'm kind of sad because, like, I made some phone calls today uh, to a lot of the sex or the adult stores here in Pinellas, and a lot of them are closed because they're not essential businesses. And I think they should be essential because I think, like, this is literally the perfect opportunity to really get into what you like if you've never done that before. Um, and if you actually do like it, then this is the perfect time to do it all the time. So, yeah, I agree. And that's something that's been a bummer for me too, is cause I, I love Todd's, uh, couple superstar store. It's such a good feminist inclusive, um, sex toy store in Tampa. Mm -hmm. 
But there are uh, businesses open online that are still doing deliveries and that are using safe uh, practices for sanitizing their toys and shipping them. And some of those are SheVibe is really good, Love Honey. And so if there's something that you wanted to try, now is a very good time to do that. And that can bring some excitement and make it feel like you are doing something new. So if you've been wanting to experiment, if you're someone with a vulva and you've been wanting to experiment with G-spot stimulation, if you're someone with a prostate and you haven't done prostate stimulation before, expanding those horizons, ordering things, exploring kinks are all things that you can be doing right now. And it's worth saying that there's a lot of financial insecurity too. So if you can't afford to buy new sex toys, um, you can explore touching yourself in different ways too. I've been looking up some articles on uh, ways to stimulate the clitoris or uh, ways to experiment with like, you know, prostate play for my, like my partner, you know, um, checking out different options and you can get creative and you can explore your body in fun new ways now. Mm -hmm. And we have the time to do it now. So yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, Leah in the chat group, actually, Leah says Crave is her favorite. I think Ooh, okay. Yeah. I haven't checked out Crave yet. So we'll we'll take a look at that one. Thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> yeah, let me look at it right now. And y'all clean your sex toys, right? Yeah, please clean them. Please clean your sex toys. Y'all yeah. know how to clean your sex toys? Can you instruct us? <laughs> yeah, I am happy to. <laughs> <laughs> so you can wash your sex toys pretty much the same way you wash your hands, uh, which I think is surprising to some people. It sounds daunting but it's actually very easy. You can use gentle soap and warm water, just like your hands, wash it for 20 seconds, but you should check whether your toys are waterproof or water resistant. So if they are not, you cannot run it underwater, but you can use a damp cloth to clean them. Um, and if your toy is fully encased in silicone or made of glass or stainless steel, um, you can boil it in hot water to fully disinfect it. And that is something that I'll do with a couple, I have like a glass dildo um, and a metal toy that I'll boil. And then you can also use a, a sex toy cleaner sometimes. So they're spray-ons. You can order them online at sex toy stores. But I kind of compare it to uh, dry shampoo when it comes to washing your hair. It's better than nothing, but it can't really replace giving your hair a full watch. So you should not use sex toy cleaner every time. But like if you just had like a mind-blowing orgasm and your legs are jelly and you don't want to get up and wash your toy and you should wash your toy every single time you have sex, you can use that sex toy cleaner and give it a spray and that's easy. Yeah, I had a sleeve and I did not know that, but I had a sleeve that I used to wash on a regular basis and it lasted maybe like two or three months and it just started to deteriorate and fall apart. It was... So max, it was so expensive, but yeah. lesson learned. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so sad. Yeah, yeah those, toys, those toys with like skin texture can yeah. be really sensitive, so you can't use anything corrosive or they uh, lose their texture, and those things are pricey. Yeah, yeah. oh, college. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of sex toys, Pablo, what's up? <laughs> My favorite sex toy. <laughs> My favorite sex toy of Metro, Pablo. Um, did you ever have the group where we were uh, learning how to use and play with sex toys? No, we're actually going to get into that uh, at the end of this month. So at the end of this month, we're going to be talking about sex today. Uh, that is the overarching theme for the month of uh, March. 
Um, so with sex today, we're going to be talking about sex toys, how to use them, ways to clean them, which honestly, Hannah, if you want to join in, I would love to have you come in. Um, just to uh, basically introduce the idea to people who may have never done it before or who are thinking about it, um, but it'll be at our City Mix group. Um, so that one meets every second and fourth Thursday and Wednesday of the month. Now that we're doing it online on Zoom, uh, we will provide the codes for the week of the group. So the 29th and the 30th, they will be at 3 p.m. and at 6 p.m. both days. Wow. Can anybody yeah, join in on that, Pablo? Yes. Yeah, so with City Mix, anybody can go in. And we always love whenever we have a bunch of people because we always want to hear different perspectives as well. The more questions, the better. So now you all know. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank we you. did that years and years ago at Metro when I was doing City Mix. We actually had one of our local community members come in who sells sex toys. And he brought in a full display and kind of walked everyone through them and how to use them and how to clean them. And I have to say, probably one of my um, most attended City Mix groups. And it was amazing. We had across the board. We had gay men. We had bisexual uh People. We had one trans woman. So, I mean, there was a full flavor of people there that, that were honestly interested in learning how to utilize toys correctly. Mm-hmm. Sex toys know no gender. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fun. Sex toy yeah, parties are a blast. I wonder if those exist virtually. They should. I don't know if they do. That's a good question, virtually. I know we were asking about doing it for men and there's like this really weird restriction for having a sex toy party with men that they can't do it. I, it's really weird. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'll have to look it up, but um, cause we wanted to get, there's a couple of them that do it for specifically women groups. And we said, well, can you just come into our city mix group? And they're like, no, if there's a man in the room, we can't hold the, the session. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Strange. Yeah. Wait, so like a sex toy party, is it just like everyone gets together and like you like buy toys or just like talk about them? It's like a Tupperware party, but for sex Like toys. a Mary Kay kind of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not an orgy. I mean, we can do that too. And I'll give you the details for that probably. Yeah, send the invite. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a sex toy party at six and a play party at 10. Yeah. yeah. The tryout. When all this is over. Actually, no, we, we can do that virtually. We can make that work. Oh, it actually could. Mm-hmm. Back in our Uvu days. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. What a throwback. <laughs> I can't with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> covered almost so much of it yeah i think we did too we covered a lot of ground today it was pretty fun yes, mm-hmm. so basically we just need to be aware that we ourselves individually are our best efforts in making sure that we are staying safe not only from stds hiv but from covid mm-hmm. um Regardless of who you are as an individual, it is your decision and your right to put yourself in the situations you're in. Um, And you always have places like Metro on your side to help ask any questions at all. You can feel free to call us. Just because we're not in office does not mean that we are not here for you guys. It just means we're going around it a little bit backwards to get there, but we'll get there. It's all been a learning experience. I love every step of this. There's any silver lining is that we finally are starting to learn how to master the technology that we've been putting off for so long. So, mm-hmm. I also do want to touch on a point that Hannah made earlier, um, that this, again, is a really good time to really learn more about your sexual health and well-being. 
Um, so we are still offering HIV and hepatitis C tests at Metro Inclusive Health, and we're doing them uh, only the rapid-based test. Um, so you can still come in and come get your test done. Uh, somebody from Prevention Sexual Health, whether it's me or any other of my colleagues, uh, they will be there too to help you out. So if you're still interested in coming in to get tested, you still can. And if you're looking for a sense of support or a sense of community, we have virtual programs going almost every single day of the week. So you can check out our calendar on our website, metrotampabay.org. Find out what groups fit the best for you and you can keep these conversations going. And you do have people that are there to support you. You're not alone. We are not social distancing. We are physical distancing. There are still social networks of support out there for you. Absolutely. And you are your safest sex partner. Don't forget that. <laughs> and if you are interested in starting on prep, we are here for you. My team is ready to go to take you on. We can start you uh, on prep whenever you are ready. So just give us a call. You can stop by our website as well. Um, there's links and information um, on how to get a hold of us. And we'll get you right into the uh, queue and ready to go. So... Hey. I think that's all I have to, to throw out at everybody today. Yeah. I think we can turn off our Zoom and maybe go masturbate. Yeah. Uh, that's honestly what I'm going to do anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? If the three of us, if we just stop recording and the three of us can continue, it'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can handle it, Christian. I don't know. You it's don't know ready yet? <laughs> All right, and then we're just uh, going to sign off, check back, and we will have far more fun topics to talk about going forward. Stay safe out there, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being fun. You've been listening to Inclusivity and Beyond with Metro Inclusive Health, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Want to hear us cover a subject in the future? Email us at lgbtq at metrotampabay.org. For sponsorship information, contact James K at metrotampabay.org.